rise and shine, mummy bitch. <laughs> I cannot sing, you guys. I just thought it was hilarious. Um, I know you guys have seen or heard the um, Kylie Jenner video or like or her song that she has out. Freaking hilarious. In other news, today we will be going over how to understand your benefits package. It's going to be jam-packed with tons of information in reference to verbiage in your package, what benefits you'll receive, and when you will receive them. Um, the typical uh, price range for a first-time surrogate. So ladies, get a highlighter and your benefits package and let's get to it. Before we begin, don't forget to follow me on Instagram at confessions of a underscore woman. Never be afraid to DM me. I'll see you there. Are you currently a surrogate or you're in the process of becoming a surrogate? Heck, you may be neither and you're still on the fence about it. Regardless of where you're at in your journey, you are in the right place. This podcast is for you. Yes, you heard me right. You girl. I created this podcast to shed light to surrogacy and help educate, inspire, and most importantly, support women. It's my mission to help guide women to have the healthiest journey, both emotionally and physically. I'm sure we can all agree as mamas, we always take care of others. But here, I'm going to take care of you. I got you. If this sounds like you, turn up the volume, grab that coffee, that tea, heck, even that wine and let's get started. I'm your host, Vanessa Clemens, and you're listening to Confessions of a Woman. Welcome, welcome. Okay, so today we got a lot to go over. So let's first make sure that we have all our necessities. One, a highlighter. Two, your benefits package. And three, some coffee or tea or some wine. Oh, and also a blank calendar, possibly in your phone. I currently am sipping on a kiwi sandia. Um, that's a kiwi watermelon. That is sparkling water. If that floats your boat, I'm obsessed. Today, we're going to be going over just the verbiage in your package, helping you better understand what benefits you can receive and when you would receive them. Also, the order in which uh, your benefits get dispersed, the time frame before, during, and after pregnancy, and the typical price range that you should be getting for first time surrogate. Okay, so I have my lovely surrogate benefit package here with me. And the first category I see is living expense reimbursement. It states as a surrogate that works with X group, the surrogate will be reimbursed for pain and suffering and living expenses. The surrogate will receive support in the amount of XY amount of thousands. This disbursement will begin after a positive pregnancy test has been confirmed by the IVF clinic via heartbeat confirmation. The surrogate will receive monthly payments of X, Y, and Z on the first of every month until the surrogate is paid in full. The first time surrogate base compensation for the state of California and Nevada that I've seen have been around 40,000 to 45. Now, I haven't seen anything lower than 35,000. That's out of state. So kind of go between 35,000 to 45,000 for a first time surrogate. The verbiage that we're going to take a look in this section and it's going to be spread throughout your whole benefits package is going to be the first of the following month. Now, this is when you should have your calendar out and ready because we're going to kind of go through a, a timeline. And this timeline is going to help you better understand the phrase first of the month. So I'm working in the month of March, okay? And I am going to 
place scenario in transfer and then your beta and also confirmation of heartbeat and how the first of the month plays in that and when you would actually get paid. Okay, so everyone's calendar is in March 2019, right? Okay, cool. So let's start on Monday, March 4th. You have your transfer, okay? Now, usually I want to say... Nine days after, you'll start doing betas, but let's start counting. So one, two, three, four, five. Usually five, you start peeing on a stick um, between five and seven. Just kidding. Who am I fooling? I pee on the stick every damn day until I see the two lines. I mean, I probably wait until like day four, but you know, taking my route, it does come with an emotional roller coaster. You're like, negative, wait, why? No, I'm not pregnant. Wait, let me pee again. There's hope. And then it just becomes crazy, so... Probably not the best route to go. Off topic, okay, back to our calendar. We were on March 9th, which is the fifth day. So we have to go continue. Five, six, seven, eight, nine. Okay, so now we're on March 13th, which makes it nine days post-transfer. And that is when the doctor will order you to do lab work. And that blood test we call beta. Now, two days after, 14th, 15th, here comes the 16th, that Saturday, and you're having your second one. Um, so if your levels do progress, that does indicate that it is a positive pregnancy. So then after you probably receive the results, the Monday, the 18th, the doctor will probably schedule to see you around two weeks after that, but it all depends on your doctor. It could be three weeks. So let's go to the next month, which is April. Okay, now we are in the month of April and let's say the doctor orders you two weeks after to come see him. That is your heartbeat ultrasound, okay? Now that's the first. Everything went well, you had a heartbeat. Now you're like, okay, um, I should be receiving my check and that should include the starting of my base pay, right? Wrong. You actually are going to get paid the first of the following month. So please don't assume that you will be receiving your pregnancy fee starting in April. You will receive your first pregnancy fee at May. I'm going to give you a numeric example to better help put it in perspective. Let's say you have a base compensation of 40000 40000 divided by nine is $4,444, which will be your starting amount that you will receive on your May check. Also, in addition to your other allowances such as mileage, possibly reimbursements, and your monthly allowance. Just to finish off in the same category in the living expense reimbursement, I hate to interrupt. Are you following us on Instagram? Girl, now you know you need to stop. Go ahead and type in confessions of a underscore woman that's w-o-m-b-e-n you wouldn't want to miss any of my updates i'm talking too much let's get back to the episode i'll see you there you'll see that it'll talk about what happens if you give birth before 32 weeks and how much you're entitled to this would be a great time to contact your surrogate coordinator so that they can further assist you in this specific amount another thing that i would like to advise my sorrow sisters is that just because it says the first of the month doesn't mean that you will get it on the first so please allow just the first week of the new month 
for you to receive your check. Now, a lot of the times, um, my agency, they are really amazing and they usually get it processed to where I get it the first or the second, but always, always make sure because we've got holidays and then things get delayed, but you should typically get it within the first week of the new month. The next category on my benefits package is going to be the multiple pregnancy fee. It ranges from five to 7,000. And this is in an event where you become pregnant with twins. Now for this benefit, it starts when you are 18 weeks. Um, my last one or my last agency said 19. So I don't know if it varies, but double check, read your benefits package and see what week it starts for you. But it's usually an additional $1,000 on top of your base. Moving forward, the next category is going to be the one-year term life insurance benefit. This benefit ranges from $200,000 to $500,000. Now, there are steps that you need to take prior to transfer to ensure that your policy is active while you are pregnant. A phlebotomist came to my house and took my blood. Also, I had some forms that I had to get back and my agency did a wonderful job with letting me know what I need to do. Vanessa, you are amazing at what you do. Thank you so much for being such an awesome coordinator. And yes, I know what you're thinking. Your coordinator's name is Vanessa, just like yours. I know, it is. Every time our conversation's like, good morning, Vanessa. Hey, Vanessa. Da, 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 da. <laughs> so next category is medical insurance. It states in the event the surrogate does not have personal medical insurance, the prospective parents shall purchase a comprehensive medical coverage for the surrogate immediately upon signing this agreement. Further in this section, it goes into detail on the time frame in which a surrogate should be providing invoice information and insurance bills. I believe that this is more so with OBGYNs. You don't have any occurred cost in the beginning at all. Next is in bold and it says expenses and reimbursements. So the first one is legal clearance, which is $1,000. If you read yours, mine says this fee is payable to the surrogate within five business days after gestational contract is signed and notarized. I never used notary until surrogacy, but it's kind of just a certified witness stating that it is you actually signing the legal document. Back to the verbiage that strike me is that different date or time that you can get paid. So five business days versus the first of the month. The next thing, is when both parties have signed it. Now, your agency will contact you when you are legally clear. Just because you signed it does not mean that you're being able to receive the check. So you have to have your IP signed as well. Next, I have a monthly allowance. I have seen this from 250 to 500. And this is, it says the surrogate shall receive a non-accountable monthly expense allowance of X, Y, and Z once she has signed off on the surrogate contract. So this starts the the first of the following month when you are legally cleared. I like that one because I'm like, oh, I can get a little check and I ain't even have to get pregnant yet. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt, but I just want to make sure all my Cyril sisters are following us on Instagram. There is an addition to um, this portion, but it has something to do with twins and I don't be liking to uh, read about that because I don't be trying to have no twins. There's maternity clothing allowance. I have seen this from $700 to $1,000 and it states surrogates will receive a 
maternity allowance for clothing after the 12th week of pregnancy. If the surrogate is carrying multiple fetuses, she will receive a maternity allowance of the next amount. So there's usually two amounts. Next is injection medication fee. Surrogate will receive a medication injection fee I've seen of 500 is pretty standard. And this is for every embryo transfer cycle. Now, this is not the start of birth control. This is anything intramuscular, aka shots. Down the line, we have the embryo transfer fee. It says the surrogate will receive an embryo transfer fee of $1,200 after each embryo transfer session, regardless of how many embryos are transferred. This fee is intended to cover lost wages, housekeeping, child care for the mandated bed rest if prescribed by the reproductive endocrinologist. Now, I have seen that this fee ranges from $500 to $1,200. The typical time for bed rest is ranges from zero to three days, especially if you're out of state surrogate flying in. I would say it's about two days tops, but um, it all depends on your IVF doctor. Next on the line is amox cycle fees. Amox cycle fee will be paid to the surrogate if the reproductive endocrinologist prescribes the surrogate to undergo a session. Now this ranges from 250 to 500. I personally have never underwent a mock cycle, um, but if I have any of my serial sisters that have experienced this and knows a little bit about why they're even asking to do this, let me know because we need to know. Moving forward, we've got drop cycles. The surrogate will receive a drop cycle cycle fee if the surrogate has begun medication not including birth control, and the cycle is canceled through no fault of the surrogate. I think this area um, has a lot of gray areas. In one of my journeys, I developed an overgrowth called the polyps, and this finding ultimately caused my drop cycle. Now, I figured since I did everything that I could in my power to make the transfer successful, um, like taking my medications properly, I went to all my appointments, and in my head, I didn't think that this was my fault, but so I was expecting a drop cycle fee, right? Well, when I got the uh, payment, I didn't see it on there. So I contacted my coordinator to follow up and she explained to me that oh, the overgrowth came from me and it was deemed my fault. And so something just didn't sit right with me. I was just like, oh, okay. But then I'm like, no, this doesn't feel right. I reached out to my lawyer just for some clarification. I mean, like he would know it's, you know, within the contract. So I just wanted to double check. And uh, my lawyer did state that um, it was not considered my fault due to the medications and how my body reacted and it's from surrogacy. So um, I did, in fact, um, the agency resent that payment to me. So I think it's very important to follow up with all necessary channels involved. We're human, you know, the perception is everything. That's why I feel like this is such a gray area because I feel like it's somebody else's dictation. It's not black and white. It's very situational. So enough of story time. Well, we have invasive procedure inconvenience fee. Now, um, this is at $1,000 and this is DNC ectomic pregnancy, cerclage placement, fetal reduction, abortion termination, amniocentesis, chronic villous sampling, and hysterectomy under anesthesia. I'm going to do more research on these if I have any other surrogates that underwent through these and explain step-by-step step on what they went through would be really great to offer our serial sisters um, just some support during those times. And I've never personally went through any of these, so definitely double check with your coordinator if you have questions. There's a hysterectomy fee. There's the loss of organ fee, 
I mean, that's pretty black and white. And this is a C-section fee and it's given for cesarean section delivery. You get that after labor, of course. The standard fee for C-section that I've seen has been in between $2,000 to $5,000. This one's pretty optional, but since my um, agency is pretty badass, we have a doula support. So I have a doula when I do my journey. Shout out to Jennifer. You know you're a pit bull and I completely trust you with advocating for me. If you haven't already checked me out on Instagram, you will see um, me and Jennifer. We had our little moment of karaoke, but she's amazing and I love her. Moving forward, uh, the doctor ordered bed rest. Always consult with your coordinator so that you will know how much you'd be getting, but I do know that disability plays a factor in it as well. But the most is I see on mine is going to be 400 a week. The next one is doctor ordered restriction of activities, which is most likely similar, consult with your coordinator. Next benefit is housekeeping. Once confirmed pregnant via heartbeat ultrasound, surrogate shall be entitled to $75 a month for housekeeping, if not on bed rest. The next one, it says attorney fees. Now the surrogate will need to retain an attorney, but I feel like the agency already handles all that, um, but it says $1,500, but obviously that's not coming out of your pocket. The agency covers that. Next is psychological support and surrogate support group. Um, I don't know if everyone does this, but my agency says during the term of this agreement, aka contract, uh, prospective parents shall pay for support for the surrogate and then psychological monthly support participations. So if I participate in the monthly session, then I get $75. And breast milk is up to $200 a week. I personally do not choose to breastfeed. It's very time consuming and it, it takes a lot of work. Whoever breastfeeds, slow clap because that stuff hurts and you are superwoman, seriously. Another thing I see is companion for embryo transfer lost wages. It says if your companion for your embryo transfer is not a domestic partner, companion will be entitled to a flat rate of 150 per travel that requires an overnight stay to compensate for lost wages. If companion is not currently employed, the companion will not be eligible for any lost wages. I personally like going to my transfers with a friend um, because we get to do our little girl time and it's a friendcation all the way. Get to catch up on our TV shows, go out to dinner, and just relax. So everything else in your surrogacy benefit package is going to be more so just um, information in reference to um, OBGYN appointments and outside agreements, your labor, when to contact um, your uh, coordinators, things of that nature. But always read it thoroughly before signing. And also look out for the diagram that I'm going to be making and I'll post it on Instagram and it will have the before benefits, the during benefits, and the after benefits for your pregnancy and your whole journey so that it can be a little bit more clear on what you can get or should be expecting to receive. Definitely thank you for hanging in there with me. Hopefully I didn't bore you to death, but at least you know and you're super knowledgeable about what benefits you will receive and when you will actually receive them. Now, if there's anything that I left out, please feel free to DM me and let me know so um, I can go ahead and tackle those things. But if that's nothing else, I want to thank you for tuning into today's episode. And that's it. Until next time, Cyril Sisters.